Hi guys, welcome back to White Collar Brown Girl. Today is a phenomenal episode because our guest today is very, 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 not not just amazing, but she's just done so much and is so highly accomplished that um, I really can't fit her entire bio into my intro. So I'm not going to try to do that. I'm just going to introduce you guys to Sherry Jawar, who is... Um, you know, the uh, co-founder of Blended Strategy Group. And, you know, she's just done so much in the PR world. So welcome to the show, Sherry. I am so honored to host you. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's, it's genuinely my pleasure. I would love to get started by um, talking about, you know, just where everything started for you, you know, your career and just, you know, how you picked this, you know, this route. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting because, as many um, South Asian uh, people um, out there, you grew up, I grew up in a household where uh, there was sort of a, a, a career path of medicine or medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so um, we thought that that might be my career path. I thought that might be my career path. I went to school, I went to undergrad at UCLA with all intentions of being pre-med. And, um, you know, it just really wasn't my thing. Um, And my older brother also decided not to be pre-med when he went to college too, but that was almost more pressure to become a doctor because they had one kid who didn't. So maybe they thought I would. Yeah. Like take two. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Take two. Like, okay. She's not going to let us down. Right. She's the good little girl. Right. And like, I get to school and I realize I don't really like science that much. I definitely don't like touching bodies or people, you know, like I was like, this is really not going to work well. And I took one um, sort of business class, uh, like as like a, it would count as an elective for me, but I was like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'll see how I like it. And it just, it clicked in my brain. It was like a language. It just, I spoke it. I understood it. I was like, wow, this is so like, like this just works. Like I, 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 saw myself excelling in a way that I'd never seen in school because I was sort of force, forcing myself to take all these science classes and, and things like that. And as I progressed through college, as I got through my sophomore year, I officially was like, I can't, I have to change majors. I can't stay um, in this science pre-med major. And so I did that. And my parents, you know, they were bummed at first, but they were very supportive in the sense of like, ultimately they just wanted me happy. And at least my brother had sort of paved the way in the business field. Um, yeah. And so that helps, that helps a lot when you have one that went ahead. It really does. Um, And so, you know, and they knew he was successful and he was, he was very, he's very smart and and stuff. So they're like, okay, if she's going to kind of do what he does, like it can't be that bad. Um, And I, um, I ended up staying for my first job, staying in sort of the finance world, um, because that's all like, that's kind of what I knew from my undergrad and from what my, my older brother did. And I didn't, I went into investment banking at Goldman Sachs. And so that was like 2000. So, I mean, God, I'm, I'm really aging myself here. Um, but it was kind of a weird world back then. Um, some people were being born who are probably listening to this, but I, I know it doesn't that freak you out. I it think really does. Like, I'm, I'm like, like, how I can't imagine being born in 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah anyways, continue. Were being born and I was like <laughs> getting my first job. Um, and I worked at Goldman Sachs in investment banking and I, I really loved it because it's sort of like when you work in one of these investment banks in an analyze, analyst program, it's kind of like college part two. There's a lot of ki- a lot of people your age. You're all starting at the same time. It's great. You learn a lot. 
Um, I had my brother who had done investment banking at a different firm kind of, you know, mentoring me and guiding me. Um, but the hours and the lifestyle was really tough in investment banking. And in the early 2000s, there was, a, you know, the, the market crash based off of um, the events of 9-11. And so it was a strange oh, yeah. time to be working. Um, and so- but I bet you learned a lot, right? Because that's just I did. I did learn a lot. You know? I learned a lot. Uh, and um, and it was like a fast, it was a very, to your point, Etka, it was a fast education on like, what it means to sort of go through like a huge, it was very, the, the economy was on fire and then this huge recession and, you know, sort of how you navigate companies through those times um, and everything. But then I decided I wanted to try and go to business school. And um, I- Yeah, I see that you went to Harvard for your yeah, MBA. So I went to Harvard. <laughs> I, I sort of sometimes laugh because I felt like Elle Woods and Legally Blonde, even though I was in law school, but like it felt like that because I was such I was such an LA girl. Oh, LA wow. like, went, I mean, even though I didn't grow up entirely in LA, the UCLA blood was so deep in me and that sort of LA way of life was so deep in me. I was also really young and I was- um, younger than the average age at Harvard Business School at the time. So I was 23 when I started. So I felt like this little child going to Harvard when there was like yeah. this 26, 27, 28 year old, you know, people and went with like basically a fuzzy pen and like, you know, like kind of like right. Elwood, it's like showed up. That's so cute. I love that. Yeah. Like little like intense, you know, what you think is going to be an intense uh, academic experience. You read about the Socratic method and stuff like that, but um it was an how was amazing- Harvard though? How was it? Was it everything you imagined it or how it was, was that? everything and more? It was an amazing experience. It is um an incredible learning experience. The thing about Harvard Business School though is it's a bunch of nerds. We all work our butts off to get in there. We get in mm-hmm. and then we revert back and we all of a sudden are like, wait, like we're all the same. And like, you know, like <laughs> failing out of Harvard Business School is pretty hard. Like you kind of can't. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to be pretty like pretty bad to fail out of it you have to like try (laughs) yeah you have to really like you have to really try to fail like you basically have to not show up to anything it's kind of crazy but like you um so you revert back all of a sudden you relive college the way that we didn't necessarily because we were a little bit of nerds and we studied and all that stuff so you kind of revert back it's a ton of networking travel a lot of people travel a lot you make these relationships that bond you for life because everyone sort of sees that um, or we'll always yeah. go out of their way to help someone from the network or alumni and everything. And it was just, it was a really, I grew up fast there because they have what's called like the Socratic method of teaching. So you go mm-hmm. in, you read a case, you go in to the classroom and the teacher calls on someone to basically open up the discussion and to summarize the learnings from the, the reading. And like, there's always like a story of like, a, a person and what they're going through from a decision-making standpoint in business. And so you always have to be very on, on point to sort of be like, okay, I might get called on. Now, don't get me wrong. The day after Halloween, when everyone's hung over, no one's on point. Um, but, right. uh, <laughs> but, you know, but it was, it was an incredible experience. It also allowed me the opportunity to learn about other fields. And that's how I learned about marketing as a, a career path. I was a very, um, yeah, very black and white person in the sense of first, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I didn't become a doctor. Then I thought the only profession you could become if you're not a doctor and you're in business as an investment banker or a management consultant. I was an investment banker at, you know, what was, you know, was considered a good investment bank. And then now I'm here, I'm at Harvard business schools, you know, and I'm thinking about going into what I thought was a really fluffy 
career, what I was told was a fluffy career of marketing, but mm-hmm. I wanted to try it. I was like, it sounds interesting. And what do I have to lose? I could try it. And if I don't like it, I guess after a year, I could try, I can go back to banking. Like banking is never going away. It's there. Right. Like, exactly. Like, I'm sort of this person who's always like, what's worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is I suck at it. I hate it. They hate me. Right. Like, fine. I'll go back to what was working. Like it doesn't, you know, nothing has to be permanent. That is such um, a true warrior spirit, by the way. I love that. <laughs> I love that you said that. It's like go all in or go home. You know what I mean? So yeah. 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 Exactly. And yeah. um, and so I made the leap of faith and I went and I, I worked at L'Oreal um mm-hmm. in marketing. I knew nothing about marketing. And I, I just was like, okay, this this seems exciting. I like beauty. I um, was gonna work in home hair color. I love hair color. I've been coloring my hair since I was like 15. I was like, this is gonna be so fun. And I loved it. It literally was amazing. Now, you know, every company has its pros and cons. And, you know, sometimes, you know, every company, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, is it like devil or is Prada? Is it this, is it that? Look, it's right. an intense environment because they want people who work hard and are um, self-starters, but I have nothing bad to say about it in the sense of I learned a tremendous amount. I had fun doing it. I thought it was really cool to like learn about these beauty products, market these beauty products. Um, you know, I, I was like, you, yes, you dress the part, you're at a beauty company, you, you, you sort of look the aesthetic and try and, you know, paint your nails or, you know, put on makeup or do your hair, right. something that sort of shows that you have a, a natural uh, affinity to the category of beauty. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So it was just the polar opposite of banking where I was told, I was told in banking, I smile too much and <laughs> I laugh too much. And I do smile. I, You're I too smile. happy for all the I was too happy. And I understood the feedback came because they said it made me appear young and um, no, I think it made you appear optimistic to some very pessimistic <laughs> <laughs> customer. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But yeah, they told me I appeared young or optimistic to pessimistic people are now like Debbie Doubters out there. But um, I and I became so conscious, so self-conscious after I was told that, that I kept being like, wait, am I smiling too much? Am I laughing? Am I too happy? That I was so fixated on that that I could never like focus on doing the good work. When I got to L'Oreal you were rewarded for being happy and peppy. And like, I was like, wait, like they like me because I'm happy and peppy. <laughs> like, yeah. this is exciting. So all of a sudden I could focus on doing the work and not worry about like being self-conscious about being loud and happy and smiley and all these things. And so mm-hmm. it was just an, an amazing learning experience. And also I made some of the best friends I've, you know, that stayed with me um, because I, I like, I encourage people when they're able to, um, being in a place where there's other um, employees that are similar age um, because it, it, it's so fun to, and so helpful to have those um, colleagues that you can bond with. And I see it even in, in my yeah. company now in blended strategy group where people um, get together on weekends and hang out socially. And it makes me so happy. It makes me and my business partner so happy to see, I mean, we're sad we're never invited, but like, no one wants to invite the moms to the party, but like, yeah. uh, but it's nice to see. It's okay. We'll have our own like party. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We definitely will. Um, so yeah. So after, so L'Oreal, I wasn't looking for another opportunity, but I, had been introduced to some very interesting people 
who were going to start something new in the personal care space and were very inspired by what um, Method had done in household care and wanted to disrupt some of the uh, um, personal care categories. And I met those folks and um, they really wanted someone with more of a beauty background to come join them and help them kick off marketing and innovation for them. And so that brand was EOS. And um, a lot of people ask, oh, well, you must've seen the egg-shaped lip balm before you joined and that's why you joined. And I was like, no, I really just believed in the, the people who were starting the company and um, believe they were good people and that they were gonna like, you know, put their effort into it. And I clicked yeah. on it and it was a total leap of faith. I was one of, you know, many of us chickens that helped lay the egg of the egg-shaped lip balm. <laughs> oh, I love that. Egg. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm so grateful that they took a leap of faith on me because I was still, you know, relatively young in my career, but they saw something in me. I saw something in them and we built something really incredible together. Um, and I worked there for about just under eight years, but it felt like to my parents, um, you know, who are pretty liberal for South Asian parents, but still South Asian parents and have an expectation yeah. of what they want for their kids and, and what they hope for their kids. They felt like every time they got comfortable with my job, I left it. They were like, okay, we finally were good with yeah. you being an investment banker. And then you didn't go back to banking after Harvard. And they're like, why? Then it was like, okay, you're going to go work for L'Oreal. Like, what does that mean? Like, are you going to like sell lipstick? I'm like, no, mom. Yeah. It's lipstick. so hard to explain like, those. You yeah. Know, to, like, not that there's anything wrong with any of those jobs either, because I'm like, those are incredible jobs and in incredible professions come out of that. And now people have launched influencer careers from working behind counters and stuff like that. But like, it just, it was hard for them to wrap their head around it. Cause it, they were like, is this a professional, like to the point of your own podcast name, like, is this a white collar job or not? Because yeah. that's what they wanted for me. And I was yeah. like, no, it's going to be great. And then they got really comfortable with L'Oreal and they started to understand what I did there. And then they're like, wait, you're going to leave L'Oreal to join a company that has no products that might launch a lip balm, <laughs> like a chapstick, like a lip balm. And I'm like, yeah, and chapstick's a brand mom, but like, yeah, a lip balm. <laughs> like we're going to watch. Oh she was like, what are you doing to me? Like, and right. I was like Fine. Like, are you ever going to settle down? That's yeah, I feel like, like the one question. Like, yeah. Settle, yeah. like just build a career somewhere. I'm like, no, they're all stepping stones to the next. And they're like, look, whatever makes you happy, as long as you know you feel comfortable and secure financially and stuff, like we want, you know, we're here to support you too. And you know, I guess this sort of like the, the like as you called it, the warrior mindset or this like worst case scenario mindset always sticks with me because when I left L'Oreal to go to EOS, it was the same thought process. Worst, yeah. What's worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is I hate it, they hate me, or I suck at it. Um, and um, I was like, if that, if either one of those things happen, then I could go back to L'Oreal. I left on really good terms. I could, I'd been in New York for a while at that point. I could move back to California and I could get a job in beauty out here. I could get a different job and be like, I was like, the, like the things exist. Like, you know, I didn't think yeah. I was going to be out of work or un, like non-employable if, if EOS didn't work. And it obviously, you know, it was an incredible, incredible experience um, that led me to my most recent experience in that through EOS, I met my now business partner, who was a talent manager before we started Blended Strategy Group. And EOS was you know, one of the pioneers in social media um, activations as far as marketing goes. We were one of the first brands to partner with celebrities and influencers through social media in unique ways. 
And, um, and she got, you know, she was one of the people that really helped me get access to Hollywood because I found Hollywood really scary its own world. Everyone spoke like, like, I felt like I was an alien or they were all aliens and I was like an earthling and they were, you know, like, it was just such an, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I see that. I feel like that when I just look at it as a person, that's just a normal human being. <laughs> I'm like, how does <laughs> exactly. one even well, connect like, into like, the Hollywood world? Yeah. I feel like it's even more so for people who are like you in medicine or in other types of um, fields, you know, because it's sometimes like can be really, really daunting you know yeah and yeah and so I felt like I was like oh they all like speak this like Hollywoody language and like they're all connected and like I didn't know much about the business of, of entertainment and stuff and so she really helped me navigate it and like was like very very down to earth and very strategic in her way of thinking and just didn't feel like some of the other people I'd met in Hollywood and um you know after a couple of years of us working where I was still in-house at EOS as head of marketing and and I was, she was helping me like, you know, figure out partnerships with different talents. She looked at me and um, she had had her third child and she was like, we should start a business together. I'm like, you have baby brain. <laughs> Why do you have baby <laughs> together? That's so much work. We can't trust anything coming out of your mouth right now. Give yeah, us I know. Months. It's like, I just had a third baby. <laughs> like literally your brain cells have been eaten by the babies. Um, and, and she was like, no, no, no. I really, you know, like I want to make something myself. I want to make sure my kids see, you know, like they, like, I want them to know I have three sons. I want them to respect working women and all these great things and stuff. And, um, I was like, well, what are you thinking? I don't know. I'm not an agency person. I've, I've been brand my whole career. And, um, and she was like, no, I think there's something really special about bringing, um, someone who has brand experience with someone who has talent management experience together and helping brands navigate the world of, celebrity and influencer and helping celebrity and influencers navigate the world of brand and partnerships and eventually maybe even wanting to start their own brands. And so we, again, worst case scenario was my, my whole mantra. I was like, what, if I do this, what's the worst thing? Like we end up not getting along too well as partners. I not, I don't like it much. I'm not good at it. Um, yeah. well, it gets me back to LA. I'm gonna be closer to my family. I'll learn something no matter what. And brand always exists for me. And, you know, six years now in, I don't look back once. It's been an incredible experience, incredible partnership. And um, most um, interesting about it was, it's a very strange world, Hollywood entertainment. It is a very um, uh, homogenous world. And it, uh, it is a, uh, world where it's one of the few industries, which I respect so much about what I'm about to say, yeah. few industries where you could start as an assistant and end up the CEO. Really? Um, like it still operates in that way that you can, you start, you know, mailroom at CAA, WME, these big agencies, and you can end up being one of the top, top agents in the world. You, you know, and it really is like a ground up training zone and, and meritocracy and you can rise and all these things. And I like that because there aren't many industries that that exists, like where you can go yeah. assistant to like running the whole, like being like very, very senior and in, in, in that career path. Um, but it is, it is a very much like, and it's got, it's evolved over the last six years, but when I first joined and some of it was maybe my own insecurities too, of yeah. like the, you know, it's all these people who are, um, very, you know, similar demographics, the LA based born and raised in LA, you right. know, like similar schools, very 
um, white. Like pre-established clicks almost. Yeah, pre-established clicks. And then I sort of felt like, wait, I'm this like brown girl walking into this very um, connected, they're already- White people network. Yeah. (laughs) And LA, even though I went to high school in Orange County and I went to college at UCLA and worked a little bit in LA, you know, at Goldman, um, most of my largest consecutive period of time was in New York in my entire life, the 11 years that I lived in New York and then the two years prior to that in Boston. So I had a lot of New York in my blood. So even though people considered me laid back for a New Yorker, I was very intense for an LA person. And (laughs) I felt like I walked into like literally alien nation where I was like, what's happening? Like it's all these white people, it's all this Hollywood clicks, it's all this stuff. And um, I don't know anyone, I don't speak the language. I'm too intense for these people. Like, yeah. Like I don't even know. Well, you're just ambitious. There's nothing yeah. wrong with like no, you know. And I no, think no. I, yeah, I, you're I, absolutely right. Nothing wrong yeah. with being ambitious. And like I said, some of this was my own insecurity of just like me feeling very out of place in some of these environments. But um, I have to say, obviously, my business partner was my grounding zone. I like I used to joke with her. I'm like, I don't mean to be a barnacle on your ass at this event. I just need an anchor to always go back to because I yeah. like you know, I always want to know that I like have a safe zone and stuff, but there were a couple really, really key people who, um, I became close to fast and really like helped me navigate the world of Hollywood. And they really, um, sung my praises and, um, made sure that like, I never felt like that. Like, even though I felt like I was going to feel like an outsider in this insider's yeah. world, that they did their best to make sure that I wasn't that, that like, you know, that I my, love that. My, and I think, you know, what that reminds me of is that meme that's been going around for a while. It's like, you know, be friends with women that will mention your name in a yes. room full of oh my important God, yeah, people. Like be friends you know? with the ones that will shout you out, like, yeah. you know, and stuff. Yes, it is that like exact thing. And that's, there, like there are a couple people in particular who really did that. And it just, it transformed m- my whole experience in starting this business and coming into this industry, you know, with the, these people in combination with my business partner. And then now the 22 people that work at our company with us that, um, that I look at every day and that they work so hard for us and, and, you know, uh, and, and do great programs together and stuff. So it's just, it's been an incredible journey, um, that I'm, I'm very grateful for. No, I mean, it sounds like it, it's, it's beyond incredible. It's a lot of things that you've achieved and your mindset is absolutely phenomenal. I really want to commend you on that. And I hope everyone listening, like you take away from, you know, just the positivity aspect, because I'm like such a firm believer that if you're, if you are positive and you do have good vibes and you do smile a lot, you know, and you, and you put that out there, like that is never a bad thing. That's always going to come back and it's going to be an asset to you in every step of your, you know, of your path. So I really love that. And I love that you've just, you know, you've been fearless and you just followed your heart and look where you are now. That's amazing. You know? So yeah, I, so many kudos to you. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. And, and for me, it's really, it's all about, are you having fun doing it? Um, can you make the right amount of finan- like in financial impact to your life that helps you live the life that you want to live? But ultimately, if you, if it's no longer fun and it yeah. becomes really, really stressful and like you feel you have more 
sad or unhappy or bad days than good days with work. Yeah. That's like when you got to start looking for new opportunities. And I feel very, very lucky that I genuinely love what I do. Um, and I love who I do it with. Um, right. and it's just, it, you know, it is rare to, to have those experiences and stuff, but, um, but that's why I think this weird worst case scenario approach to things has benefited me because it's allowed yeah. me to take risks that um, knock on wood have turned out really well for me. But even if they did it, they would have been fine too. Like, you know, because right. I, I really wasn't, I wasn't scared about what would happen because I think that's when I talk to, when I mentor or talk to other people in their careers, it seems to me that's the blocking point for most people. Like, what if it doesn't work out? What if this happens? What if that happens? And yeah. Well, it's what like, if it works? <laughs> yeah, what if it works? Uh, yeah. What if it works? And what if it doesn't, and if it doesn't work out, like what's going to happen? Like you're going to, you have a, you have a great experience. You're, you're, you're going to be, you have a great network. You're going to be fine. Uh, well, see, that's the thing, Sherry, you know, the network thing, because I'm, I won't lie to you. You know, one of the biggest reasons I got into the podcast world was because of the networking aspect, because I think that, you know, there's a lot of young um, professionals out there. I know that, you know, it's very similar, right? I mean, you come from a South Asian family or you come from a family that believes in like, you know, a lot of like, you know, technical fields are the only way to go, you know what I mean? Or like, um, like medicine or engineering or, you know, pharmacy, that's the only way that you will ever be financially secure. But, you know, and they're scared because even though they don't feel like, you know, we, you know, this is my path, they still do it because that financial security aspect, I think is what gets people. So like your story for me is, I think, you know, for people listening, this is very inspirational because not only is it that you made it, but it's also that you, you know, you just went for it. That's, that's really the, you know, that's really the, the crux of this, right? It's like, you know, you have yeah. to just believe and you have to just go and eventually you're going to find yourself in a place where you never thought you'd make it to. So, it, you know, I love that. I really love that. I want to actually ask you though, because I know that you've worked with Tiffany and company and obviously, you know, like every other woman in the world, I'm, a, I'm obsessed. So can you tell me about that? Um, how did that come about in your life? And, you know, just the whole, you know, journey with that. Yeah, absolutely. Tiffany was a client of ours for about three and a half years ish. Um, and it was really exciting. They got, um, we actually got that as a, a referred to someone um, who worked at Tiffany um, in the marketing department through um, an agency that we work with really, really closely that manages talent. And mm. I guess Tiffany had said to them like, oh, who do you like in the more strategy side of things on the brand space to help guide us on what talent to work with? And yeah. um, and so it was, it's always nice referral. And it was great that like, you know, uh, agency was speaking so highly of us as like a good, like as a buyer of talent that they said they like working with us and, and put us in touch with Tiffany. And um, we participated in an RFP, which actually like my business partner and I hate RFPs because, you know, we understand why brands do them, of course, like we respect that. It's just, they do take a, a lot of time from our team and- yeah it's an opportunity cost because it's like the time taken on that can take away from a client that is our client already. And, you know, sometimes you're like, well, we have all these case studies and all these things that sort of show the work that we we've done. And, um, and it, it's a lot of, of, like I said, a lot of work, but we also respect the process and everything. And so they were doing an RFP. Luckily they were keeping it very tight to just like three agencies. And we said, of course, we'll participate. Your Tiffany and company would be honored to, to have the opportunity to work with you. And yeah. um, it was for a holiday program. I think in 2017, um, 
or 18, I can't remember the first year offhand, but, and it was really about helping, you know, make sure that the world knew that Tiffany um, and company has, you know, a great offering for all different generations of people and all different aesthetics of jewelry, right? A lot of people right. know engagement rings, of course, and know it for the Tiffany, you know, the classic Tiffany heart bracelets and things like that. So it was like tip, like engagements, bat mitzvahs, sweet 16s, things like that. But what about the everyday moments? What about the cool hardware that like, yeah. and jewelry that can be trend oriented? And what about like the new collections that they're coming out with that are also timeless pieces too, um, and things that can compete or be seen in the same caliber as certain other types of timeless jewelry from other other uh, luxury jewelry brands. And, and so we put together an incredible strategy. I was so proud of the team because it was one of the first times, you know, I, so it must've been 2017 because it was one of the first times we had dove in to do such a robust approach to creative storytelling. And my yeah. belief in social media and leveraging influencers was, you would never do a print ad back in the day where you just have like a print ad of like a product floating in like a white on a white page and just be like, that's it. Right. So right. Like, you, you, you put a story, you put some, some aspect of creative around that. So like why yeah. in social media would it just be people holding a product and be like, or just like showing the product? Like you've got to tell something to make people stop in their tracks, pay attention, you know, uh, at this point now, there's so many ways you can save the image. You can, you know, obviously screen grab, whatever you want to do, like different ways to sort of, you know, um, go back to it later on. But it's like, what's going to make someone actually pay attention and take action against this? And so it was a really cool campaign that we had um, generated around the idea of like sharing the, the gift giving journey and like the purchase mm. journey and like, you know, bringing your audience into it. So as an influencer, bringing in your audience into like who, like, I'm buying something for like my sister. Like, do you think I should get this or that? Like, and, and, and Instagram stories had just launched at that time. So we yeah. were like really excited about leaning into some of the features like polling and things like that to create real engagement in a different way. And I look back at that and it's just, it's so incredible because like I said, at that time, some of these things were still new. Now it's like, oh, of course you do that. Of course. But like, we're always trying to think about 10 steps ahead to be like, if we were doing that in 2017 and now people are doing that, you know, in everything, what, what do we want people in 2023 you're going to say, wow, blended strategy was doing that in 2021. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, exactly. like being 10 steps ahead, you know, yeah. always being 10 steps ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that that's, you know, I want to just like talk about that a little bit because I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand that like, when it comes to being creative and when it comes to like free thinking and having your mind, a, you know, being free minded, right? Like you have to put aside fear, you have to put aside doubt. And like, you know, going back to what you were saying before about, you know, having this mental strategy that you've always had is like, what's the worst case scenario? It's so brilliant because it's like, you know, it frees up so much creative like creative like you know ability in your mind I think you know by giving yourself that yeah. blanket of like you know even if things go you know left it's okay you know it's, yep. all, it's still gonna work out that's that's brilliant so you know I, I love that and I love that you you've had this opportunity and this you know this role in in creating such a 
you know, the name really of the company blended strategy, you know, for, for brands that a lot of people might not have thought were accessible before, you know, I know when you, a lot of people think of Tiffany and company and they think, oh my gosh, I could never afford their products or blah, blah, blah. But I've, as a consumer, I've watched the, you know, I've watched the company change, you know, in the whole, in the sense that like, it's a, it's much more approachable. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, I can see the work that you've put in. I can see what you guys have really accomplished. And that's, it's brilliant. No, thank you. Yeah. And then yeah. like, we were proud of, um, and my business partner really led this effort, you know, of when they partnered with Kendall Jenner, um, we were involved in the procurement of her for the brand. And so it's just, it was everything from influencer to celebrity. And it's, you know, we really enjoyed working with the team there and, and everything um, with them. And we recently, stopped working with them, you know, all on good terms, just as they've now merged in with uh, LVMH, lots of agency consolidation and things and stuff like that. But absolutely loved the years that we worked with them and all the work that we did with them and, and stay close with many of the team there. That's awesome. I love that. And, you know, I wanted to actually take a moment and talk about like, you know, yeah, our careers are so important as women, but, you know, I know there's a lot of like, there's a lot of talk and conversation around like, you know, what is the balance between like, you know, career and, you know, just, I guess, being a woman, I don't even know what that means. I don't know why I'm saying it like this, but this is what I hear, you know? So like, <laughs> so like, I just want to hear your thoughts on that because I know that like, there's a lot of um, young women out there that are very like goal oriented, you know what I mean? They want to, they're go-getters. They want that career. They want that amazing life that they've always dreamed of. But then you find yourself, you know, at 30 years old and you've, yeah, you've created this empire for yourself, but then you're like, all these questions about family and, you know, like all your love life and all this other crap, just, you know, people just love, you know what I mean? Like talking about the things that are not in the front view. So I want to yeah. ask you, like, how has that been for you? Like, what was that journey like for you? You know, it's interesting. I, um, I, I agree with you that like this sort of concept of like, how do you balance all the aspects of life as a woman, as a person, as anything. Right. And yeah, you know, I think we talk about it a lot as women because um, sometimes traditionally or historically the, the, uh, the, the family dynamic or the family parenting roles were have more heavily put on, on the women in the, in the family. But I think that at this point, it's like, it's all about just like how we balance life as, as humans. But, you know, what I love is we have 20 women, there's 22 of us at the company. So there's 19 women, there's me and Allison, and then there's 19 other women. And then we have one guy, amazing man who stands up with all of us women. <laughs> And so we believe so wholeheartedly with the 19 women that work with us um, and even with the gentleman who works with us that everyone should have the right work-life balance and whatever that means to them. If that's related to having a family, that's related to travel, that's related to a significant other, if that's related to uh, like parents or whatever, whatever it is for them that they need, everyone should have that balance. Um, and I... Uh, so I don't have kids um, and I'm not married. So it's a little bit different because I'm not, I don't balance a family life, but I'm very, very close to my, my brother, his wife, his daughter, my niece, um, yeah. and then my parents. And they all, everyone lives in Southern California, which is really, really nice. And I feel really lucky about that. So I, I try and balance making sure I see all of them um, a lot. And then I I'm have the same roommate. way, by the way, I don't have kids and I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally <amazing>. get you. <laughs> <laughs> we totally are like kindred spirits here. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yeah. And I, um, 
I uh, have a great group of friends and I spend a lot of time with them. And I also am a natural, uh, my natural state is very introverted too. So if I don't get enough yeah. time to recharge my battery, it's not the best situation for me. So my balance involves a half day sitting on a couch watching Netflix and stuff like that. That is literally part of my balance. And um, right. we just encourage it for everyone to, to, to make sure they have that. What I love about my business partner is she is, we, we joke, we're like the yin and the yang in every regard, um, uh, where she's married with three children uh, um, between the ages of like seven and 11. Um, wow. and, and then has a robust, you know, family dynamic between her siblings and her parents and everything like that too. And, um, and then a big uh, friend group as well, because she's born and raised in LA. So what I love, I love that she really, um, adheres to a really solid work-life balance and tries to lead by that example of like how she balances checking emails in the evening, um, what she responds to, what she doesn't, same thing on weekends. Um, yeah. And that sort of stuff and very much like wanting that same thing for people, you know, as women who run a company, we of course are very, very conscious of like thinking about all our um, uh, maternity, paternity policies, like all those things. I look forward to the day, you know, as a small company, we're not yet at this place. You know, we have great medical insurance for, for our, our team and everything like that. Incredible. But, um, uh, I look forward to the day that we can offer some sort of, um, stipend or something like that for, um, pathway to parenthood. Like oh, I call it yeah. a pathway to parenthood journey, like whatever that is, because all of it can be expensive. Um, whether that's like, if someone um, chooses to freeze their eggs and they're not with someone, but they're using it as a, a insurance policy to have, because I, I'm a yes. big believer that women should do it young and just do it. And it, it's Absolutely. like, it's insurance. You might use them, you might not, but you have them, you don't have to worry and they'll be healthy, young, you know, and a, a robust amount of eggs and stuff like that. Um, but I know it's expensive. So it's easy for me to sit there and say, everyone should do it, but I'm not, a, a, I'm not, um, ignorant to the fact that it's expensive. So how does it, how can companies help, um, support that? Um, and then, you know, so whether it's that, whether it's an IVF journey as well with a partner, whether yes. it's, um, yes. adoption, which can be very expensive as well. Um, you know, any surrogacy, if you need to any of this stuff, like if, if, you know, like if that's something that someone wants, wanting to help make that more accessible, like it's something that I dream of as a, woman um who runs a business as someone who believes like if people want a family th yeah. they should have wholeheartedly you know do everything you know be able to have and there shouldn't be a clock there shouldn't be a ticking no. clock or a racing again no there shouldn't the time, be a clock you know? there shouldn't be a race to do it you can do it at any age at any in any way and there should be no judgment around the way that someone goes about having a family because there's nothing there's nothing being a mom or being a parent is being a mom or a parent. It's not about yeah. blood. It's not about DNA. It's not about, you know, like carrying the child. It's not about any of it. It's about the fact that you're the person who's, you know, sacrificing, will sacrifice anything for that. Your life. <laughs> yeah, your life for this person's life. And so, exactly. Yeah.
So no, I love that, Sherry. Honestly, I feel like you're one of the most like open-minded and like truly forward thinkers I've met. You know, and I'm I'm so grateful for that because you know, hearing you say that, it just it warms my heart because I've this is obviously you know with my medical background, I feel very passionately about that. You know, and I think that um you know by providing these kind of solutions, like there's just so much good that can come from that, and this for everybody oh out there. You know what I mean? Like this is these are solutions, and it's like you know we have we live in a world where everyone's like ready to you know jump up and scream oh there's a fire there's a fire and then there's no one there that's like how are we gonna put this out you know what I mean like there's no one has solutions but it's like you just you just you know ran down like 15 different solutions and I love that that's I think you know that to me is like a truly like intellectually like you know superior like way of thinking I shouldn't say superior but you know what I mean like it's just like no no I know what you mean it's it's, evolved yeah it's evolved yes that's the right word that's a great word yeah no it's great it's like it's the same thing I feel about like I would like I look forward to they can have like daycare in the office you know I mean again two people were not there yet but like I would love that like aspect there was a movie again I'm older so like I'm definitely dating myself there was a movie that was popular when I was like kid it was called baby boom diane keaton was in it it was like i mean it was literally it's like 100 years ago this movie but it was so cute like this high powered executive in new york and she ends up getting this baby is left to her from like a long lost cousin or something like that and um and then you know it's like when she creates this new empire for herself by baking baby food that turns into a gazillion dollar company it's like she has like the daycare in the office and i was like like <laughs> I saw that as a kid. I think I saw it as like a teenager or something. And I loved this movie so much. And I was like, I want to be that type of person who has a daycare in the office. And like, you know, nothing about what that meant and what that costs and how that operates. And like, I now understand like all that goes into that, which is why I know it's not an easy thing to do, but it's things that me and Allison talk about, about like, how, when can we start offering these things? How can we offer these things? What can we do in the interim? Like by making sure that, like I said, at least our maternity policies are more robust than just like the standard, um, what we have to do legally, of course, but like how it all starts from the top. You lead by example. And if, if, if she was a workaholic who had no work-life balance and then everyone would feel the same. And I've definitely been in environments in my past career um, where I've worked with women who have no boundaries and, and definitely, um, were not as present in their home life. And I definitely thought that was the only way you could be a working woman. And I feel so, um, my eyes got so open by Allison because I saw a very different, um, side of how you can be a working, uh, executive in my own business partner. I was like, wait, yeah. New York way isn't the only way. (laughs) I love that. I really love that. And I love that you, you know, you've shared so much with us and this has just been such a delight. Like, honestly, like, I feel like if there are more, if I, if I could clone you, I would, because I'd put one of you in every single state of this country and then in one in every country. Like, honestly, this is, that's exactly the kind of thinking that I think humanity really needs to lean towards at this point. Like we're all you know what I mean? Like we're all people and we have to find solutions and a way to connect, you know, in, in a way, and I'm not trying to be all hippie about it, but I mean, let's be real, you know, we all have problems and we can't sit there and just, you know, like not come up with solutions. So, you know, that's my point. And I think it just goes your personality and just who you are and what I've gotten to know through this conversation is just how perfectly 
this reflects in your company. You know, Blended Strategy Group is a phenomenal company. I had the honor of, you know, um, interviewing Holly, Holly Curtis, like very early yeah. on for Skincare Anarchy. And I was, I just fell in love with Holly and her, yes. you know, everything. And you know what oh, I mean? So it's just like, yeah. And so it's just like, I, I see what you guys have done and it's like embedded into like the real DNA of your company. And it's just, it's brilliant. So thank you for this honor and thank you for this conversation. I hope everyone listening, you guys have gained, you know, the wisdom that, you know, Sherry has uh, shared with us. So thank you so much, Sherry. I would love to have you back anytime if you have the thank time for you. it. No, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And I just love doing this type of stuff because, you know, like, I wish these things existed when I was younger because I think it's just a way for us all to understand we're not like alone in sometimes our thinking and everything. And I just, I commend you, Edka, for um, taking the time out of your busy schedule to create <laughs> this podcast and to spend the time doing these types of conversations because it is a lot of time that you have to spend to, to do these conversations, to edit it and put it out there between this one and Skin Anarchy and everything else you do. Um, thank you for being a, a, a megaphone for voices. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. I I really appreciate that. And everyone listening, please, you know, just leave some comments, some feedback. If you have any questions for, you know, Sherry's team or anything, any thoughts, just leave them in the comments. And I'd love to take this conversation even further, you know, just keep it going. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Sherry. And, you know, everyone listening, I'll be back next time with an awesome guest. Thank you. Thank you.